Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. This spring, we are working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Each week, we will be journeying through this gospel to learn about the life, character, and teachings of Jesus. Today, Duncan concludes our series by telling us Jesus' final commandments to his disciples. We must preach the gospel to all creation. This message was recorded on April 21st, 2022 at the McKee Lecture Hall at UNC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are, leave as a new creation. Hi, Kai Alpha. Woo! Hi, guys. Oh, that's so loud. Sorry. <laughs> How is everybody doing tonight? Yeah? <laughs> I, seriously, that was seriously such an awesome worship session for the last one, the last Kai Alpha of the year. So that was really, really awesome. Um, so, hey, tonight we have a couple announcements, but first, before we get into those, um, we have a couple testimonies tonight. Yeah, we normally, we normally do one testimony, but yeah, we need it. We, yeah, it's the end of the year, so we're going to go too. So, um, and I'm really, really privileged because literally both of these ladies are legit like my two best friends in Chi Alpha, and I've been with them since day one, so I feel really honored to invite them up. Um, first, you know both of them already, um, but this is her last Chi Alpha. So I have the privilege and the honor to welcome up Caroline Kyle. <laughs> Hey guys, Ooh. very loud. Haven't spoken into a microphone in a very, ever probably. Oh my gosh, CJ. Anyway, <laughs> hi guys. <laughs> what? Anyway, hi guys. Um, <laughs> it's good to see you all here. Um, so I just wanted to, a lot of you already know my testimony, but there's a lot of new faces here that I don't know so well. So a lot of you also don't. Um, and I just wanted to share because one aspect of my testimony is that my experience was very isolating and I felt very alone. Um, and I just felt like God was putting it on my heart to be open about what I've been through and how he's gotten me through it so that if someone else is feeling that way, um, hopefully this will be an encouragement to you. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I've always been a Christian. Um, you know, you have ups and downs in your faith, but God's consistently been a part of my life. Um, but those of you that have walked with the Lord for any period of time know that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that your life is easy. Um, <laughs> and if you just found the Lord, spoiler alert, bad news, it's not going to be easy from here on out. <laughs> um, but the good news is he will be with you through it all, and that's what he's done for me. So um, mental illness really runs in my family. Most of my relatives have some form of depression, anxiety. Um, something like that, and I'm no exception. <laughs> so when I was 15, I got hit with a really bad depressive episode, um, and I adopted a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, one of those was disordered eating, um, and I kind of got through that rough patch, thought I was on the up and up, um, then three years later, I went to college. I actually went out of state to Missouri, um, and that's where things really went downhill for me. Um, I was away from home. I didn't have accountability. I didn't know anyone. Um, so I just really fell 
deep into an eating disorder, um, and things got really bad really fast. So I, I ended up transferring to UNC to be closer to my family, thinking that would fix everything. It didn't. <laughs> um, I got to the point where I was having a lot of physical complications due to my anorexia. Um, I, you know, my doctor told me I couldn't go on walks because she was afraid it would be too much strain on my heart um, just because my body was failing. Um, and I want to pause right here and just say, like, this is where my story could have ended. Um, like, this is where I thought my story was going to end. I did not see the end of the tunnel. I was like, this is it for me. Um, but it didn't because God stepped in. Um, <laughs> and the way that God stepped in for me was through the people that he's put in my life. Um, so he gave me a great therapist, amazing parents, a really supportive sister. Um, and through their support, I, I got the courage to be admitted to residential treatment. Um, for my eating disorder. I spent about three and a half months there. It was not fun. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> um, I wanted to quit like every day, but I didn't. Um, and through the people there that helped me and through God's support, I, you know, I did the recovery thing and I got through it. Um, so here I am today. Um, and I am, if those of you that knew me when I first joined Chi Alpha will know that I'm a very different person than I used to be. Um, I'm a little bit, a little bit more with it. <laughs> um, and the reason I wanted to share this, like I said, is that that experience was really, really isolating for me. Um, at the time that I was developing the eating disorder, I felt like I could not tell anyone because I knew I was a Christian and I, my friends were Christians and that's great, but I was so afraid that people would not take me seriously because in the past when I'd reached out for help, it had been kind of like, pray about it. <laughs> and that's good, do pray about it. But <laughs> um, sometimes we need to use the resources that God has given us in addition to prayer. Um, and that was the case for me. So I needed to reach out to help. I needed to get a therapist. I needed, you know, in my case, I needed to go to a residential program to get past this. And my hope is that someone out there who's struggling with something, whether it's the same or different, um, I just want you to know that it is not at all unbiblical to ask for help from other people. Um, and in fact, I think it is biblical. I think that God gives us people in our lives so that we'll lean on them when times get hard um, and he can work through the people that he's blessed you with. Um, so, yeah, God is great, you guys. Um, he got me through some hard stuff. He's still getting me through some hard stuff. That's another thing is that, you know, testimonies are an ongoing thing. It's not like one and done. It's not like you have your hard thing and then God saves you and you're like, sweet. <laughs> um, like, it's an ongoing process, but um, God has just shown himself so clearly to me through this particular trial, um, even as someone who's always known him, just seeing how loving and attentive he was when I was at this really low point in my life and the things that he gave me to help me get through it um, was really great. So yeah. that's it. <laughs> Dang, that was awesome, Caroline. That was really, really good. Um, I also want to note, too, like I said, it's literally Caroline's last Chi Alpha, so go give her hugs. Um, go give some wisdom of nuggets from her because the girl has a lot of wisdom. So, yeah, go talk to her. <laughs> All right. The next testimony is also one of my best friends, and I love her literally with my entire heart. 
Her name is Rachel Roby. Um, <laughs> um, I got invited um, to share my testimony tonight and I've just been thinking a lot about it and just um, going over like all the things that God has done for me. So if you don't know me, I, like Caroline, have grown up in the church. I've been a part of Assemblies of God since my parents got engaged here at UNC um, when they went here. So um, I grew up in the church, but a lot of what I knew was head knowledge, not heart knowledge. Um, but I didn't know the difference like back then. So like to me as a kid, I'm like, that's great. I know, you know, I did all the Bible things, went to church. Um, one of my biggest supporters in life was my grandma. My grandma actually quit her job as a nurse to take care of my brother and I so that my parents could work. Um, so I grew up really close to her and she was just one of my biggest role models. She loved the Lord, um, with all her heart. And, um, when I was entering my freshman year of high school, I was 13. I was super, super young, and I was very dumb, and I didn't know anything, but um, when I was a freshman in college, my grandma actually passed away um, from cancer, which if you have a lot of head knowledge and not a lot of heart knowledge, like you don't really know what to do with that. You don't know how to lean on the Lord for um, comfort, and so I decided very stupidly to be mad at God um, instead of run towards God, but that's just how I, like I coped. I didn't know anything else. Um, Six months later, after she had passed away, if you um, go to GFA and you know Gene Roncone, who is the district head over Rocky Mountain Youth, his son was my youth pastor. Um, and six months later, he passed away, um, which again rocked my world. I didn't really understand why um, a God who loves you would take people away from your life. Um, and then six months later, I had two friends pass away from suicide. And so my whole world was in a spin. I I remember just not even praying. I, I just kind of shouted in my room that I hated God and that I didn't want anything to do with him and that he, I, knew, I was like, I know you don't love me, God, um, because why would you do this to me? Um, so I started searching for a place filler for this love that I felt that I lost from the people around me. And surprise, surprise, I found that in a guy that I thought was really good for me. Um, and it was great at first. He you know, showed that he really cared in, in a lot of ways, but the longer the relationship went on, it became apparent that it was a super verbally and mentally abusive relationship, and um, I was just in this daily battle of being degraded and being told that I wasn't enough or I wasn't pretty enough, that I was fat, or that, you know, my, I guess, faith in God was wrong, um, that, you know, Christians are just losers, that you know, it's just some cult fantasy. Um, he made me believe that a lot of religious stuff is just cult stuff, and I, like, truly believed it because I was like, well, there is no other solution, I guess. Um, and I entered my freshman year of college, just a train wreck, but my parents had actually been a part of the original Chi Alpha that was started here, so they were like, hey, we heard that it's back. You should join it, and I was like, um, I don't love Jesus, but I'm not going to tell you that, so... <laughs> Um, I joined Chi Alpha, and I was in um, Lori and Emily's small group, and no one knew anything of this double life that I was leading. I was always sneaking off to Fort Collins to see my boyfriend, and I would show up to Chi Alpha very hungover, or coming to church very hungover, or um, 
I was, I was literally living so far below repro reproach that if you look down that hole, you probably develop a fear of heights. Like, it, I was... <laughs> I was very deep in a lot of sin, you know, just with lots of drinking and intimacy issues and just, I couldn't get out of this bad relationship. But um, at the end of that first semester of my freshman year, uh, actually my boyfriend dumps me over text after almost, yeah, <laughs> praise God, <laughs> after almost uh, three years of dating, um, which that really wrecked my world. Like, I, I didn't know what to do that I had never been in a relationship before and so like I didn't know how to handle that either and I was like well I guess like what do I do and so one of my best friends um, came over to my house and she just turned on the radio and No Longer Slaves was playing on the radio and I was like I just started crying I was like God I know that I'm really mad but you know if I don't if you don't help me like I like I'm just gonna end it all because I have no other no other way out um, and so my friend handed me a Bible, and I opened it up to Luke, uh, to the story of the prodigal son, and I just spent three hours rereading that story over and over. I was like, this has to be, like, for me, like, you know, God, I'm, I'm super upset, but I have no other choice. Um, but that night that I gave my life to the Lord was literally the best night of my entire life. Like, you know, in the song that we were singing, when it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, like, there is freedom, and that's like literally so true, guys. Like, the freedom that I experienced was so amazing. And so after that night, I texted Lori and I said, "Hey, um, I want to go on a missions trip. Is there any spots left?" She's like, "Yeah, there's one spot left for Costa Rica," and I was like, "Oh, well, I don't want to go to Costa Rica." <laughs> but I literally just felt the Lord saying, "Like, nah, you're going. Suck it up." So I started fundraising. And I got fundraised in a month, which was, like, shocking. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. But on that trip, like, I just really felt the Lord calling me to do overseas missions for the rest of my life. And I didn't really know what to do with that at first because I was like, overseas, like, I'm not going to have my mom there to call my doctor. Like, <laughs> but through, like, every single missions week that we have, like, God has made it so abundantly apparent that missions is what's coming up for me. Um, and he brought three wonderful ladies in my life that have just encouraged me and, and pushed me on, and that's Samantha and CJ and Liv. Like, they have really just been incredible in my walk, and, like, as bad as that relationship was and how much it tore me away from the Lord is how amazing, like, the one that I am in like is now because you know I've never experienced like you know girls around me or even just brothers like pushing me towards the Lord like that and I just wanted to encourage you guys like you know if you're lost like you're never too lost like there's always there's always a point of return like the Lord will always welcome you back there's nothing too bad that you can do like and that you have such a wonderful community like don't give up don't think that you're alone because like you know everybody in this room is going to support you no matter what and just love you so Wow, that's amazing, Rach. Dang, I don't feel like I have to introduce Duncan anymore. I think we should just close out the night and yeah. <laughs> um, no, anyways, um, so before we do honor bombs, let's get through a couple of the announcements that we have. I don't remember exactly. Woo, the end of the year party. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it says up here, that's going to be next week. So we're not going to be meeting in here. This is our last service, but we're going to be having our end of the year party. 
Um, I heard Sadie is making a fire, um, so that's going to be fun. We're going to have a bunch of yard games. Um, we're going to have food, and I heard Katie Chapman is on that, so you guys want to be there. <laughs> Katie, I've never heard more cheering for food. <laughs> But seriously, you guys want to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like it says, it's at Greeley First Assembly um, at 7 p.m. So bring your friends, too. Literally, it's going to be an awesome time. It's going to be fun. The next announcement, water baptisms. Woo! So this goes with the end of the year party. At end of the year party, one of the things we're going to have is baptisms. Um, we're going to have... I think I can announce this, right? We're going to have Ben and Katie so far. They're going to get dunked. So. <laughs> Definitely going. You want to be there for this. Also, if you've never gotten baptized and you want to get baptized, talk to your small group leader or talk to Duncan or someone on staff because um, it needs to happen. We want people to get dunked. So that'll be fun. <laughs> I think that's all the announcements. Oh, yeah, Summer XA. Okay. <laughs> Woo! So, yeah, surprise when this is over for the semester. We don't just leave people hanging for three months. Um, so people that are going to be still around in Greeley, we're going to have Summer Chi Alpha. Um, it's definitely going to be a lot different. We're not going to have, like, you know, all the equipment and stuff. But it's going to be a lot of fun. It's still going to be a lot of good time for fellowship. Um, still some songs, um, some messages. So yeah, stick around if you're going to be in Greeley. Keep a shout out on the Instagram pages. It's going to be fun. Is that it? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So next, before I introduce Duncan up here tonight, we have Honor Bombs. Um, yeah. And I heard that Peter got honored, but he's watching the kids. So yeah, we're going to have one honor bomb with CJ. Woo! I left my phone up there, I just realized. Um, but it's okay. No, it's good. We're good. This will stretch my biblical knowledge. Let's see what happens. Um, so... Again, and I want to like preface this with I could literally honor so many people in here. Like there are so many people in here who are so worthy of honor. Almost every person, not almost every person, every person in this room is so worthy of honor. And I just wow, love you guys so much. And so um, I was really, you think after having a week to prepare, I would have taken that week, and I did not. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> I'll admit that, it's okay, I'm flawed. Um, whew. Uh, I actually found myself in this same situation last year. I literally got honored, I think, a year ago on the same Chi Alpha, the second to last Chi Alpha, so I did the last Chi Alpha honor bomb, and I remember thinking about who, ooh, <laughs> um, who's been there? And there, uh, it kind of made no sense to not honor this person. It made zero sense in my brain to not speak of this person. And I could, I kid you not, go on for years honoring this person. Um, and a lot of you guys have heard my testimony. I know I've shared it up here. 
Um, I, the, the, the only way I could think to describe this person is when I turned my back and like deliberately blinded myself to Jesus' light, um, Jesus sent this person into my life to be a, a candle. Emily. <laughs> um, I know, I know I honored you at the same time last year. But like I said, I could go on for years about this person, about Emily. Um, wow. <laughs> I just, I kid you guys that, I kid you not that um, I was living in such darkness. I was kind of in the same boat as Rach, where I was living so far below reproach that you could have looked in the, down the hole I was in and developed a fear of heights. And um, Emily didn't get scared of the height. She didn't look at me as I felt the whole world looked at me. I felt broken. I felt everyone looking at me as this like broken plate that couldn't be put back together. Um, I was a burnt out candle and I was at my wits end. I had no wick left, but Jesus really gave Emily to me. She was my candle and she burned brighter than anything in my life at that time. And I've shared it before, but there were three separate occasions when I sat on my bathroom floor with pills in my hand, with a blade to my wrist, and every time Emily texted me, I'm gonna be on my way in 20 minutes, I'll see you then, every time, and stopped me dead in my tracks from ending it because life was not worth it then. Um, I, I remember <laughs> last year, very, I feel cliche, but I, I called Emily a Proverbs 31 woman. But I really want to emulate how much it didn't make sense for her to be my friend. She was the Ruth to my Naomi. You really were. I know that the Bible is not about us. It is not. It's about Jesus. Every character in the Bible represents Jesus in some way, and Jesus is the greater Naomi, the greater Ruth. But in those moments, I had nothing to give. I was empty. I was burnt out. I was completely just bone dry. And Emily looked at me and said, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people, my people, your God, my God. Emily stuck with me for, I had nothing to give her, guys. And she is the truest, most valued and precious friend I have. And I can't wait to live with you. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is going to be great. But guys, I, again, I could go on for years honoring her. She is, she was there from day one. She saw me in that, that, that pit, guys. And Jesus reached through me, through her to me. And what, it's so amazing because I think you're the epitome of what God does in us. He wants to do through us. You are one of the most faithful disciple makers I've ever seen. You are the most true friend I've ever had. And gosh darn it, I wish you were a man. I would be with you so fast. <laughs> I love you so much, guys. Emily is so amazing. And if you don't know her, you need to get to know her, truly.
CJ says no regrets with that statement. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys better hug. That was sweet. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. That was awesome. All right. Now, without further ado, for the last Chi Alpha of this year, welcome up our director, Duncan Chance. What's up, guys? Man, this has been an awesome night so far, hasn't it? Okay, man, George, bro, don't don't ever move away, please. <laughs> if the Lord, no, 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 no. If, if the Lord starts calling you someplace else, I'll just say, nah, it wasn't the Lord. Welcome to the last Chi Alpha service of the school year man it's been an incredible year hasn't it it's been an incredible man that kind of flew by right kind of flew by how, how many would say yeah that like really went quick yeah that's that's amazing we we had an awesome semester man like a couple of mission trips have already happened a couple are about to go out here in just a little bit it's going to be awesome we had uh dick foth preach one night that was amazing we, we had a, a, a guy from Camp Choye, y'all remember that? Some of y'all are going to Camp Choye this summer. Man, it's just been an awesome, it's been an awesome semester. And we've been in the Gospel of Mark the entire semester, right? And here we are at the end of our series, the Gospel of Mark, right? So before we get started tonight, I don't know if you know this, but this was, this, we are completing our fourth year on campus. All right, our fourth year here at UNC, and with that said, I'm getting a little nostalgic because we're having kind of our our, our first big influx of people leaving. Right, uh, the seniors this year were the freshmen <laughs> when we started. Right, and it's like, oh man, this it's I'm like crying all the time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is a picture of our first Chi Alpha ever, uh, right there. This was in my backyard. We met in, our, in my backyard because we were not a registered student org yet, and they wouldn't give us a room, and so we just met uh, in my backyard, yeah, and you see some familiar faces in there, and uh, it, was a, it was a fun night, and we learned about discipleship, and we had no idea what the Lord was going to do. Um, there's some more pictures from the first couple nights, like, man, Gabe has, like, weird hair. Look at Gabe's hair. His hair looks better now. <laughs> Jaden looks the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? William is up there. You guys, uh, yeah, you might get to meet him soon. That's kind of cool. Uh, great. Emily's up there. OG. Um, man, we just had a great time. Those, those first couple weeks together, those first couple months together were really special, weren't they? For those of you that were there, they were really special. And uh, we got to know each other, and we got to, we decided to live for something greater than ourselves. And, and what's amazing is Lori and I, like, uh, so many times we look at each other and we go, what is happening? Like, this, this is, like, look around you. This is what happens with somebody that has nothing to, somebody that has nothing to offer, not a lot of talents or anything like that, just says, I want to be obedient to Jesus 
and walks onto a campus and he's old and he's out of shape and he's got kids and he's like, he's like, I don't know if anyone's going to want to hang out with me. And all of a sudden people go, you know what? I want to live for something greater than myself too. And people go, can I do that with you? And I go, yeah, let's do that, right? And this is what happens. And it's only going to continue to get better and better, right? Um, there are some people here tonight that this is going to be our last time with them. And we're going to have a chance to pray for them tonight before we go. And come next week to our end of the year party. We're going to have a time to just honor them. And it's going to be great, okay? Um, one of the things that we say in Chi Alpha is this. We are together for a season, but we're scattered for a lifetime. All right? We are only guaranteed a season together. We're not guaranteed the rest of this, this side of eternity together. But what we are guaranteed, if we're walking with Jesus, is an eternity together. That's pretty amazing, right? So even though we have a short season together, we can, we can get as much from it as possible. We can lean on each other. We can get wisdom from each other, right? And, and we, we cherish each other's friendships, and no matter where we go, no matter where we move, we, we're still brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. Like you should be able to see one of these guys or these gals that's leaving Chi Alpha and see them in 10 years and pick back up right where you left off. That's the kind of fellowship we have, right? Because we love each other and we lay down our lives for one another. And we care about each other more than we care about ourselves. Now I want to encourage you with a couple things uh, before we get into our message. The first thing is this. For those that are leaving, I want you to know that the door is always open. This is a family. And if you find yourself away from Chi Alpha and you need that season to, to jump back into the family, to get plugged in like my wife says, then, then the door is open. We love you. You're welcome. This is, a, this is a safe place for you. This is a landing spot for you. The second thing I want to encourage you with is this. And this is very common. You're going to go into the church world, hopefully. You're going to join a church. I want you to join a church. But what we have here is kind of hard to find sometimes. Right? Like these weekly meetings where we get together and we hash out the word of God. And we, 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 we live life together. And we do small groups together. And we do mission trips together. This is sometimes hard to find. But what I want to encourage you with is this. If you go somewhere and you don't find what we have here, create it create it. Don't waste time looking for the biggest and baddest thing here and there and do all this church shopping and church hopping. Don't do that. Commit to a body of Christ. And if they don't do small groups, start a small group. Invite a couple people in church over for hamburgers and talk about Jesus once a week, right? Like it's, it's easy to do. There's no science to this. So if you can't find it, just create it. And I know you can, okay? And eventually you're gonna, there's going to be a couple people coming to your house every week. You're like, you know what? You could do this too. And then all you have some more small group leaders now. And so you're not the only one doing it, right? Okay. Well, basically what we have here is not unique. This is a kingdom principle. The things that we do here are kingdom principles. They're not Chi Alpha principles. They're founded in the Word of God, okay? Uh, the third thing I want to encourage you with this, if you ever feel like a calling into ministry, put this next slide up there, you can do our internship. <laughs> Starting this August... Starting this August, we are going to have a nationally recognized Chi Alpha internship program. And if you feel like the Lord is calling you into ministry, we, this is an option for you. You're going to be able to join our staff. You're going to be able to uh, lead a mission trip. You're going to be able to take theology classes and Bible classes. You'll have opportunities to preach. And we want to send you out ready 
to start a ministry somewhere, or if you just want to stay here, you can do that too. But if you want to apply, you can go to that website and apply. We'd love to have you apply. Uh, next year, uh, we're going to have three interns with us. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, you guys know Samantha, right? And so she will, be, she will be continuing with us next year, but as an intern, so that's going to be awesome. And then in addition, we're also going to have CJ. You just heard from her. She'll be interning with us. And Mark as well. You guys know Mark, yeah? yeah. So these guys are going to be sticking around and, and joining our staff, and it's going to be awesome. So if that's something that you're interested in, come talk to me. Love to get you more information, okay? All right, let's get into our message. Man, we're going along tonight, but that's okay. It's the last night. Who cares, all right? Um, we are going to end our series in Mark. We're going to look at Mark chapter 16. We're going to look at the second half of Mark chapter 16. Now, uh, put this next slide up there. Of course, the last, last week we talked about the resurrection of Jesus, right? Right? We talked about that last week, right? It was an amazing night. Man, the Lord moved, and hopefully he did the same thing in, uh, wherever you went to church on Sunday. Man, he is risen. Amen. He is risen. And uh, this has been a really meaty series, hasn't it? Like, we've been digesting meat all semester. I'm, I got the meat sweats, right? <laughs> so Jesus has resurrected from the dead. Now, what we're going to read tonight is the second half of Mark. Now, before we get into it, I also want to say this. This is called the longer ending of Mark, and this is actually debated in the church world whether what we're going to read tonight is original to the Bible or not. Okay, there's actually a debate about it. It's called the longer ending of Mark. Now, some people say that these last 12 verses that we're going to read are not original to the Gospel of Mark. And, um, and there are those that, that say that, that these were actually added in later. And, and they make the argument that because of that, they're not inspired by God. They're not truly the Word of God, okay? And there are other, other people that argue that, uh, yes, these are original, and there's plenty of evidence for both sides, and, and I tend to think these are original, and I can argue this all day, I can debate it, but if you're one of these people that says, no, it's not original, that's okay, it's not a hill to die on, you're still a brother, you're still a sister, that's okay, all right? This isn't a salvation issue, but I do believe that there are nuggets of wisdom because this is the Word of God, and there's things that we need to know from the second half of Mark, okay? Okay, um, so let's get into this. I want to start at the beginning of Mark 16, where we left off last week, okay? So just for review, you can put this up there. Mark 16, starting in verse 1, says this. It says, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb... When the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. So that's where we left off last week, and many people consider this the end of the Gospel of Mark. Okay, So Jesus is risen from the dead. 
We celebrated it last week. And by the way, that's what we continue to celebrate every day of the week. And every day of the year, and every day for the rest of our life, we celebrate the risen Christ. Okay? Now, we find out that after the angel tells the three women that he is not here, he is risen, he's gone to Galilee, we find out that they get out of there. Because <laughs> they're freaking out. Okay? Oh my gosh, what has happened? So now let's continue the story into the longer ending of Mark. Starting in verse 9, it says this. Now when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and they mourned, as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. Verse 12, after that, he appeared, Jesus appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. So Jesus has risen from the dead, and he begins to appear to certain people. He appears to Mary Magdalene, and he also appears to these two other disciples. Mary Magdalene, of course, was one of Jesus' female disciples. Did you know he had female disciples? He did. Um, Jesus had disciples that were women. Um, he actually had many that were women. I mean, we hear about the twelve his guys, his 12 guys, right? And, and we hear a lot about them. And those were his, those, well, 11 of them became his apostles. But he had many other disciples, and many of them are women. And one of these women was Mary Magdalene. And, and she's actually mentioned 12 times in the four Gospels. And in all four Gospels, she is a witness to the risen Jesus, okay? Um, we also know that she was probably wealthy. The reason we know this is because according to Luke chapter 8, you can write that down, she actually provided financially for Jesus and his disciples as they ministered. Isn't that interesting? Um, she, she, she was probably from wealth. Now, you, you go, but wait a second. Wasn't she the, the, the prostitute? Like, I thought that was her. And we get that mixed up a lot. There's actually no evidence in Scripture, that Mary Magdalene was, was this, this woman caught in adultery that we read about. For some reason, we always mix that up. So that's not her. Um, so as Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, one of his female disciples, he then appears to two other disciples as well. And on both occasions, when they tell everyone that, hey, we saw him, he's risen, nobody believes them. Yeah, right. Leave us alone. <laughs> We're, we're, we're mourning right now, right? Leave us alone. Um, the other two unnamed disciples that Jesus appears to were probably the same two disciples that were on the road to Emmaus in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. You can just write that down. Uh, we're not going to read it for the sake of time. It's actually a pretty funny story, so go read it. Luke, chapter 24. These two guys are walking on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus just appears to them, and they don't recognize him. And, he, and Jesus looks at them, he says, well, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, yeah, did you hear what happened to Jesus? He, uh, <laughs> he was crucified, but they're saying he's risen from the dead. And he's like, hmm, oh, really? You know, it's a really funny story. Go read it. Uh, we find out from that story that one of these two men uh, is named Cleopas. He, whatever. Okay. So after Jesus is risen from the dead, he starts to appear to his disciples. And a few had seen him, and they report to the others, and none of them believe it. So what happens next? So let's put up verse 14. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief 
and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So Jesus appears to his 11 disciples, 11 because Judas is, you know, out of the picture now. (laughs) He appears to the 11 and rebukes them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. He does this because even though they were told what had happened, they did not believe. Now, let me just pause right here for a second. Because when you read this, Jesus can kind of come off as a little mean, right? That's kind of mean. (laughs) Why wouldn't we believe you were still dead? Like, why why is he rebuking their unbelief? Right? A little weird. So why would Jesus rebuke them? There's a couple of things here I want us to notice. Number one, a rebuke doesn't mean that someone is being mean or angry. Let me say that again. A rebuke doesn't equal anger. A rebuke doesn't equal meanness. Okay? So, so what is a rebuke? A rebuke is a stern correction. But it's always done in love. A rebuke is a stern correction to somebody, but it's done in love. And in fact, it should be done in tears. When you have a brother caught in sin, we're instructed in Matthew chapter 18 to rebuke them. And some people say, well, that's judgmental. No, 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 no. A rebuke is done in tears because you love them. A rebuke is done out of love. It must always be done out of love and never out of spite and never out of judgment. Right? It should be an encouraging thing when you rebuke somebody. Okay? So first of all, let's not equate that with Jesus was angry with them. He was just rebuking them. Okay. The second thing we need to see here is that Jesus rebuked them for their unbelief. And that word is very important. Unbelief is a terrible thing. Um, put this up there. Unbelief is not the same as disbelief. Okay, It's not the same. These are not the same words. Disbelief is okay. And God, by the way, is totally fine with disbelief. Disbelief is, well, I'm not sure... I haven't seen the evidence. I'm kind of wrestling with this. I'm struggling with this thought. Like God is okay with your disbelief. He's not okay with your unbelief. Unbelief is this. I know what's true, but I refuse to believe it. That's unbelief. Right? I know the truth, but I refuse to believe it because of some stupid selfish motive. Okay? Disbelief is when you have questions, and God is okay with your questions. Okay, we believe in a God who's okay with your questions. He wants you to ask questions, but he's not okay with your unbelief. And that's for those of us who know the truth and refuse it because we have our own selfish agenda, okay? Um, So Jesus lovingly corrects them for their refusal to believe. Did you catch that? He rebukes them. He lovingly rebukes them for their refusal to believe in his resurrection, So I hope that brings a little context to that. And finally, we come to where I want to focus on for the rest of the night. Jesus has finally appeared to his 11 disciples. He lovingly corrects them and rebukes their unbelief. And then he gives them a charge, which is probably one of the most important things we can gather from chapter 16. So let's read it. Starting in verse 15, it says this. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will wake up, or sorry, they will take up serpents, and they will drink anything deadly. 
it will, not, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So Jesus gives them a commandment, right? He tells them, he gives them one of the greatest commandments that he's ever given his followers. Verse 15, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He tells them to go and preach the good news to every creature. And so this is often referred to, it may say this in your Bible, this is often referred to as the Great Commission. Right? The Great Commission. Go and preach the good news of the resurrection of Jesus to all creation. Good news. We remember what the good news is, right? (laughs) We remember what the good news is, right? He was crucified for our sins and He has risen so that we can rise to new life. And we are, as His followers, to preach this to all creation. Amen? Are you with me? We are to preach this to all creation. Now, by the way, this is undoubtedly a callback to our first week together in January. Mark chapter 1 starts out with this same commandment. Mark 1.15, and put it up there, it says, Repent and believe the gospel. Isn't that cool how that bookends the entire gospel of Mark? Right? The, the gospel opens with repent and believe the gospel, and then it ends with go and preach the gospel. <laughs> so, so what does, oh God, what do you want me to do with my life? Preach the gospel. <laughs> God, what, what's my calling in life? Preach the, I mean, how easy is that, right? Well, God, what, what, well, I don't know where to go. Do, well, you can go anywhere and do that. Do you, see, do you see how caught up we get on the details? Well, I don't, I don't know what job, I, God, you want me to get. I don't know what country. Sometimes God goes, I don't care. What I would rather you do is just preach the gospel wherever you go. Do you see that? So, it, by the way, this is a commandment to his followers. We are commanded to preach the good news wherever we go. Um, As with many things, the parallel gospel is worded a little differently. I want to look at the one in Matthew. This same scene in Matthew, this is how Matthew puts it. Verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, Jesus commands his disciples, his followers, to go into all the world and make more disciples. Isn't that cool? Not converts. Not pew sitters, not tithe payers, but disciples. Go and make disciples. So let's get a fuller picture. Let's look at the same scene in Luke. Luke says it this way, verse 46. Then he said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells them that the remissions of sins and repentance, there's the word again, must be preached. And he tells them to go do it. But he says something interesting. Then he says, he says, wait, don't go until you've been empowered 
by the Holy Spirit. That's cool, right? Don't go until you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. So Matthew, Jesus tells us to go make disciples of all nations and baptize them. Mark, Jesus tells us to go and preach the gospel to all creation. And Luke, Jesus tells us to preach repentance and remissions of sins to all nations, but to wait on the power of the Holy Spirit. This is called the Great Commission, our Great Commandment. We are commanded these things, and hopefully the answers to the questions on why we do what we do in Chi Alpha is answered right here. Hey guys, why did you plant Chi Alpha at UNC? Well, this is why. Why do, you, why do you guys talk about Jesus all the time? Well, this is why. Right? We're just being obedient. <laughs> We're just doing what Jesus has told us to do. It just makes, just makes sense, right? <laughs> it just makes sense. Um, all right. Are you with me? You guys with me? Okay. Jesus asks us this because he loves the world. He loves the world. He loves everyone in the world, by the way. Don't let anybody ever tell you differently. He loves everyone in the world. He has called us to do this. And while the world rightfully belongs to Him, right, it rightfully belongs to Him, the world has gone astray. They've gone like sheep without a shepherd. And it causes the Lord to grieve. It's no secret how God feels about His lost sheep. The entire witness of the Bible speaks to His heart for the lost. And as one of his followers, if you're a follower of Jesus here tonight, you have been commanded by Jesus to go do something about it. What? Really? You have been commanded by Jesus to go do something about it, okay? You have been asked to partner with him and the reconciliation of the world. So, if you've been to our website, you can put that title screen up there. If you've been to our website, you've seen this before, right? You see it every night. There's, there's some words up here that we have. It says, you know, Chi Alpha UNC. It's got, got Claws the Bear there. There's Claws, right? It's got our uh, logo. But really important, it says these, these, three, these three things right here. It says, find, fight, and feed. Find, fight for, and feed. You've seen that a lot, right? You've seen that if you go to National Chi Alpha, they've got that all over their shirts and stuff. Caleb wears that shirt all the time, yeah. right? He said, he, yeah. Find, fight, and feed. In Chi Alpha, we believe that God has called all Christians to find and fight for and feed the lost lambs of God. This is what he's called us to do. If you're a Christian, he's called you to do this. To find the lost lambs of God to fight for them, and to feed them. Jesus has commanded us to do this. We're called to make disciples. So the first thing is this. We are called to find them. Where are the lost lambs of God? We find them. Back in the Great Commission, Jesus tells us to go make disciples and to preach to all nations. And remember, the commandment is to go and make disciples, not just to go. Let's not go on mission trips and just take selfies. We are to go and make disciples. Okay? That's the commandment. Yeah, come on, George. I like preaching in front of George because he makes me feel like I'm preaching well, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, you can do that too, you know. You, yeah, I'm just kidding. Okay, so let's, 
Let's, let's read it again. Matthew chapter 28. Uh, put this up there. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Notice that Jesus said, Go! And make disciples. Not wait and make disciples. Not wait in the church and hope they show up. I just stepped on some toes. We're not called to just sit in the church and hope they come in because we've spent thousands of dollars on our lighting and our smoke machines and stuff like that. Man, I really hope they come in. No, no, no. We go. We go and make disciples. We find the lost lambs of God by going to where they are. We find the lost lambs of God by going to the nations to preach the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. We don't sit and wait for the lost lambs of God to come in. We go and we find them. We find where they are. Now, secondly, are you still with me? You're still with me. Secondly, we fight for the lost lambs of God. All right? Now, there's a saying that we say in Chi Alpha. Caleb put this up there. We are an army, not an audience. We are an army, not an audience. Did you know that if you're a Christian, you've been called into a great army? A great salvation army. Commanded to go into the world and preach the good news. We fight the good fight. We never back down. And we are called to lay down our small ambitions to follow Jesus and save the world. We are a great army. We do not fight with weapons made by hands, but we fight with love and obedience. We battle not against flesh and blood, but an enemy that is spiritual, who has dominion on the earth, but is losing ground every day. Those of us that have responded to the Great Commission have been empowered by the Holy Spirit at salvation. See, at, at salvation, you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. So if you're worried about, you go, you go oh man, I'm not equipped. I mean, I love Jesus and I've, I've decided to obey Him and follow Him, but I'm not, I'm not equipped. Well, do you have the Holy Spirit? Oh, you do. Well, you're equipped. <laughs> okay. This isn't done by our own strength, but by the power of God Himself. Now remember how Luke ends his gospel. He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in His name to all creations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus commands his followers to wait until they're clothed with power on high. They are called to wait for the great promise of the Holy Spirit. We're commanded to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in order to fight in this army. We fight the good fight by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can endure this fight. I and myself cannot conjure up enough boldness to stand with my friend Mark 
at the, at the, at the intersection over there at UNC and preached the gospel in, in the open as students are passing by and we're getting flipped off. I cannot conjure up enough courage within myself. That only comes from the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Duncan, what do you talk about? I, the Holy Spirit just talks, really. I just open my mouth and he takes over. We are called to fight for the lost lambs of God. We're called to fight on their behalf. We're called to go to war over the souls of men and women. We are called to fight for the lost lambs of God. Now thirdly, are you still with me? Thirdly, we feed the lost lambs of God. We feed them. At the temple, Jesus stood up and said, All who are thirsty, come and drink of living waters. He stood by the Sea of Galilee and said, All who are hungry, to partake in the bread of life and never hunger again. The lost lambs of God are malnourished because they've been feeding on junk that will leave them unsatisfied and hungry every time. And as a Christian, we feed the lost by the word of God and sharing our daily bread with them. Now, how do we do this? Back in Mark 16, back to our original text. Verse 15, he says to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do you see what the Holy Spirit does? It empower, the Holy Spirit, he empowers you supernaturally. Jesus commands his followers to preach. And we're called to preach the good news. The good news of the reconciliation to God. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and made us a new creation. This is the good news. No, this cannot be done by how we act. No, this cannot be done by how refined our worship is. No, this cannot be done by being friendly to people, hoping that they'll ask us why we're friendly. That, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. It never works. This must be done by preaching the good news to the lost. He has commanded us to preach the good news to creation. We find, we fight for, and we feed the lost lambs of God. Praise team, you guys come back up. <laughs> yeah, ask me about the theology of that one time. That's why, we, yeah. We had a little discussion. We realized that that's a better word. <clears throat> you, you guys grateful for our praise team, by the way? Man. They do really such an amazing job. Jaden's been thumping this bass up here for four years. Seriously amazing. George has been... Doing his thing, you know, <laughs> since we started. He's got his amazing wife with him doing it now. Now, if I had time, if I had time to look at the end of John, right? We believe in four Gospels, right? We don't believe in more than that. <laughs> yeah. We believe in four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus ends each gospel with a different commandment, a different one. Right? 
He ends, ends each one with a different commandment. And now if we were to dig into John, after the resurrection, Jesus is with his disciples. They begin to argue and they begin to get jealous of one another. Stupid disciples, right? Like Jesus, the resurrected Jesus is with them and they start to argue about who's the greatest. Do some of your small group people ever do this? <laughs> don't, don't say it in public, but right? They like it. It's like the resurrected Jesus is literally with you. And you're still being stupid, okay? <laughs> so this is what happens. They're arguing over who's the greatest. And this is what Jesus says at the end of John. He says this. Are you still with me? He says this. He says, what is that to you? Why is that important to you? What you should be focused on is doing what I told you until I return. Keep doing what I told you until I return. So if we were to take all four of these Gospels, the ends of the four Gospels, and put them together, here's, into one statement, here's what Jesus tells us to do because of the resurrection. And put this up there. Jesus has commanded us to make disciples. He's called us to preach the Gospel. He's called us to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And He's called us to keep doing it until He returns. We are called to responsibility. We aren't called to be pew sitters. We aren't just called to be song leaders or tithe payers or door greeters. And those are important. But more importantly than that, we are called to do this. As a follower of Jesus, we're called to do this. And this isn't just reserved for those in leadership. This isn't reserved for small group leaders. This isn't reserved for pastors or evangelists or special preachers or anything like that. This is a commandment to all believers, to all believers, to make disciples, to preach the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit until he returns. You can put this up there. A heart in love with Jesus is an obedient heart. If you love Jesus, you will obey him. Because you trust Him. For some of you, this is great news. And you already understand this. People like Rach, who already knows that she's going to be a world missionary. Right? So for some, I know there's others here in the room that I could call out. You already understand this. And many of you here are becoming small group leaders with us next year. Which is really amazing. It's going to be awesome. Some of you are going to Costa Rica because you know this. I know that some of you in here are already going to join our staff and become interns. So for many of you, this is great news. And for some of you, this is surprising. Duncan, do you mean that no matter what I do, I have to make disciples? You mean that no matter what I do, I have to preach the word? Yes. No matter what you do, you have to do these things. Not because we want to start awesome ministries and great worship movements and things like that. And those are fine. We do this because we obey our master. We do this out of obedience. Small group leaders in here. Let me, tell me, let me just talk to you for a second. This isn't my notes. But if you're getting discouraged by how your small group is going, don't be discouraged. Because you should be encouraged because you're just obeying. That's where you should get your encouragement, right? 
To obey Jesus is to be willingly is to be willing to sacrifice your own self-ambition. Luke 17:33 Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. Matthew 16:25 For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it. The only way to be, truly learn to be unselfish is to give your life to somebody else. Um, C.T. Studd, he was a, um, a pastor and evangelist, but before he was, he was a world-famous cricket player. And this is what C.T. Studd said about this. Some wish to live within a sound of a chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. He also goes on to say this, If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for Him. For more information, please visit xaunc.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc. Our Instagram handle is at xaunc and you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, May the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.